The Nonprofit Hour, a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders, with interviews, profiles, and documentaries. This is the Nonprofit Hour from the Media Institute for Social Change on X Ray FM. I'm Jason Dennington. On Tuesday, November 3rd at Revolution Hall was the kickoff event for the 2015 Give Guide. The Give Guide, long a friendly name to most of the nonprofit organizations in the Portland area, is the creation of Willamette Week's Richard Meeker and Mark Zussman as a way of publicizing the work of the many great nonprofit groups and to encourage a younger audience to become active donating supporters of these organizations. A tremendous success that is now in its 12th year. This year's Give Guide profiles 143 local nonprofits and projects to help them raise well over $3 million from now through the end of the year. For today's show, we're happy to be joined by the Give Guide Executive Director, Nick Johnson, who will be talking to us about the history of the Give Guide, the work they do in assisting nonprofits to focus their fundraising strategies, and some personal perspectives on the role of nonprofit organizations in our social framework today. The Give Guide kickoff event was also when they awarded four exceptional nonprofit staffers with the Skidmore Prize, which honors them for the above and beyond commitment and efforts that they have given to the community. In our upcoming shows through the end of the year, we will be individually profiling each of these winners to introduce you to them and their great work. Before we hear from Nick Johnson, we have a couple items in local nonprofit news. First on Saturday, November 14th, 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at the Jade Apano Multicultural Space, Youth Environmental Justice Alliance, a movement of low-income youth and youth of color, hosts a Youth Pass campaign launch event. Sixty percent of Portland Public Schools students rely on TriMet to get to school, and student transit access is threatened each year by budget cuts. East Portland schools do not have Youth Pass at all, and YEJA is seeking to change that so every student can have equal access to this lifeline and opportunity, regardless of race, class, or where they live. They will be joined by former state treasurer and current Portland mayoral candidate Ted Wheeler and Reynolds School Board member Diego Hernandez, candidate for Oregon House District 47, along with students, teachers, administrators, and other local decision-makers. The event is located at 8114 Southeast Division at Southeast Division and 82nd. Bus lines on the number 4 and number 72. And once again, it's this Saturday, 11 till 12.30 p.m. You can find out more at opalpdx.org. Next up, we have another event happening this Friday, and joining me to tell us about it is someone with a multitude of connections to the Portland music community, Jenny Conley. Hi, Jenny. Hi, thanks for having me. What is the uh, event that's happening? The event happening on November 13th is called Notes of Hope, and it is a concert and um, storytelling um, from young adult cancer survivors. And what is the foundation that this supports? It supports the HHH Foundation, which in itself, um, they purchase these great backpacks to give um, young adult cancer survivors or people in cancer treatment um, age-appropriate things to help them feel more comfortable in the hospital, like iPads, um, music, DVDs, um, things of that sort. And then that money also gets filtered into the OHSU 
adolescent and young adult oncology program, which also has programs such as a creative writing program, um, support groups, fertility counseling, and other such supports as, say, like, help someone pay for gas to get to treatment, to help in a variety of ways for people and their families. Some services to help out uh, a lot of the obstacles that people will find that are unique to this age group. It's true. There is a lot of support for young people, very young people, children with cancer and and more older adults with cancer. But this middle age group here where people are just starting their families, um, maybe single, maybe just started a job and now they have to leave that or they have to leave college. Um, just cancer can really be a hiccup in people's lives. And um, these support groups are, are targeted for those, those experiences. And what is your background with the event and the foundation? How did you come to participate? Well, myself being a young adult cancer survivor, I barely qualify. I was diagnosed at 38 um, with breast cancer. Um, you just get thrown into this community of people. And um, I didn't actually go through the program because I was treated at Providence. But um, I had a friend, Tisha Helgerson, who did. And she uh, in, really fell out of strength from this program. I'm a friend with the, the Alberta Rose Theater people, and they invited me to be a part of it. And now I'm just I'm part of the crew, and I've been with them for three years. And this year I'll be playing a little bit of accordion, um, but the musical acts will be Trash Kenjo and um, from Vagabond Opera, their singer, um, Eric Stern. How can we find out more about the event and uh, support the foundation's cause? Our website is um, notesofhopepdx.org. And to think about what you might expect, it would be like going to see The Moth or go to see Livewire, storytelling and music and comedy focused on this particular experience of young adult cancer. I think everyone would enjoy it. Thank you. Well, great. Thanks for letting us know about that and coming on today. Thanks for having me. Next up, we have our conversation with Nick Johnson of Willamette Week's Give Guide. Here's Phil Bussey. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Media Institute for Social Changes, the Nonprofit Hour. We are so pleased to have Nick Johnson with us. Uh, Nick, as many nonprofit uh, leaders know, uh, runs the Willamette Weeks Give Guide. Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And so you, you've been at this for a while. Yeah, this will be uh, my fourth year um, running the Give Guide. Um, so November 4th is kind of the kind of a new year for me. It's like the beginning of the, the process again. So, and, and the Give Guide predates you then? Yeah, it, it started in 2004. Okay. Yeah. Let's go through some of the history and then let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about how you got involved. So uh, this is the 12th campaign. Correct. So 2004. What, what was it uh, that, that uh, the folks at Willamette Week wanted to do or how did this come about? Do you know the, the, the Genesis story? Yes, I do. Um, uh, in 2004, the owners of Willamette Week uh, wanted to leverage the the readership of of the paper, <clears throat> especially younger readers, um, to get them more engaged in kind of civic activities. And so there was one side of this, which was a, a an event called Can- <clears throat> Candidates Gone Wild, which was meant to get candidates uh, more relaxed and maybe do kind of like a fun variety show uh, as opposed to the more serious debates that happen during election season. And that event was fairly successful, but as of late, um, candidates are very risk-averse and don't want to do anything that would 
create some kind of meme or viral material that would kind of come off as embarrassing so that event no longer exists, unfortunately. And then at the same time, um, we wanted to, or not me at the time, but um, Richard Meeker, the publisher, uh, thought that it would be good to, at the end of the year, encourage readers to make a gift to a charitable organization in Portland. Uh, And so that year there were 20 nonprofits uh, that we promoted and people mailed in checks to the paper, and we raised around twenty thousand dollars in that first year. And let, let's, as long as we're talking some yeah. numbers, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a nice start. It's a nice start, yeah. But it's really dwarfed by what what uh, the Give Guide is now. Yeah, that that was a, a good first start, and every year, even through the recession, Give Guide has grown. Um, last year alone, we had eighty six hundred or about eighty four hundred unique individuals donate. A little over three point one million dollars. So we've seen quite a quite a boost trajectory in an in, in increase. That's a huge amount. Yeah, that is it is a large amount, and especially because it's only eighty six hundred, eighty four hundred people, and um, this city has two million people in it, and so we kind of think we're still at the tip of the iceberg right now. Hopefully, but um, uh, the nonprofits just want to be a part of this. They buy into it, and every year I think we know a little bit how to do this better, and they do, and it just keeps growing and growing. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about how to do it better in a second, but I, yeah. I, I want to keep sort of on some of the, the scope of what you guys mm. are doing and, and the intent, because a big part of this mm. is getting young mm. demogra- young people to give. Correct. And why why is that important, or mm. why is that difficult? Um, it's important because... The younger you give, the younger in your life that you give, the more likely that you'll be then do that for the rest of your life. You'll start to develop a habit. You learn the value of it, and and it's something that you'll continue doing. And at twenty five, you give ten dollars, and at thirty, maybe you give a hundred, thirty five. Hopefully, as your career progresses, um, and as you start to kind of create that as something that you want to do, you start considering, well, how do I save a little bit of money so at the end of the year, I can give, or maybe I'll join a board. Um, and it's hard because, again, at 25, you don't may- maybe think your $10 is really going to make any impact. And so our hope is that when you give through GiveGuide, you're giving your $10 gift, but you're part of this larger, larger campaign. Uh, and so you're, you're helping increase the visibility of um, charitable giving in this city. And, and, and that message then is reaching more people. And so it's kind of a thing that feeds off of itself. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is sort of fun. I mean, you know, yeah. just to, to give $10 and to feel like you're part of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something that's going on yeah. in the city. And, and part of that, too, is now, I mean, you guys have incorporated parties and events into mm-hmm. all of this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we both uh, program our own kickoff event. Um, this year will be November 3rd at Revolution Hall. Um, and that event isn't really necessarily a, a gala, like a, a conventional um, kind of nonprofit party. It's more a, a celebration of the beginning of Give Guide. We also showcase um, four individuals that we award a prize to, and uh, and then as we've grown, we've encouraged the nonprofits to also consider um, putting on small, intimate events, uh, inviting their friends, family, peers to come and learn more about their nonprofits. Um, there's so much uh, charitable giving message, like messaging at the end of the year that um, a small event can really help break through a lot of that, especially now with social media. Just everyone's getting bombarded. Yeah. 
This is Phil Bussey. It's yeah. the Nonprofit Hour, and I'm talking to Nick Johnson, who is uh, the executive director. Is that Correct. your proper title? Yeah, that's, executive yeah. director of Willamette Week's Give Guide. And I, I just want to uh, spell a little bit the, the or just survey the landscape a little bit. So Willamette Week started the Give Guide, but it is somewhat separate, or it's it's attached, or how? What what is yeah. that relationship? Um, it is part of it is still completely part of Willamette Week but it is in essence independent from the editorial side of the paper I'm technically part of the marketing uh, department Um, one or two of our editorial people might help participate in the selection process but it's really um, kind of I have my own independence with how it runs and what we do and that also means that we might include a nonprofit and give guide that we might write something about that might not be in the, in the best light so we have to kind of keep that division there and I don't have any say in telling them not to write whatever they're going to write as has that has that happened uh not in my not in my time running give guide but a few years ago before i i was there as the office my prior job was the office manager of the paper and there was right in the holiday season um an article written about um uh 10 the 10 nonprofits that had the higher highest overhead kind of ratio of overhead to their budget and one of the groups in give guide was part of that list uh <laughs> that that makes it tough doesn't it, it? does uh, but since then most kind of i don't know this is kind of off topic to a degree but since then that way of evaluating nonprofits has become has fallen out of favor because it's a fairly arbitrary way to judge the effectiveness of a nonprofit. Some people, ha- some nonprofits have a lot of staff because maybe they're social service based and they have a lot of uh, counselors and they, you know, they want that ratio of counselor to client to be fairly small. And so they're going to have more people working for them. But that's, you know, that's um, so. Well, I mean, yeah. it, it isn't necessarily off topic. Yeah. Because part of what you need to do is coach the nonprofits to market themselves yep. for people to give. And part of that yeah. has to be. Uh, you know why? Why me instead of the hundred other nonprofits? Correct. Yeah, or even just the application process and how we select them, and um, we really encourage them to, you know, a mission statement, which is how they market themselves, is a very moving, compelling sentence or two. But what they also need to do is convey their impact and. Because we're so large and we have such a wide range of nonprofits, that impact isn't necessarily going to be the same. You know, we have uh, Planned Parenthood is in GiveGuide. They're a large uh, nonprofit uh, in the metro area. But then, you know, we have small community theaters like Coho Productions in Northwest Portland. Is their impact going to be the same? Can you even compare an arts nonprofit to a health and wellness nonprofit? Not really. Uh, So... But still, you know, how many plays do you do per year? How many attendees? Planned Parenthood, of course. How many people are you serving with your, you know, the kind of low-cost or free healthcare that they provide? Um, so it it gets really um, the the it really makes us flexible about how we do this and how we select nonprofits, and we also hope that that value is conveyed to people who want to give, and that people visit Give Guide and feel like, oh, if I want to give to a food bank, I'm no, you know, less of a person because I'm not giving to a shelter. Because a lot of giving can be weighted in this is the most important cause. And if you're not giving to this cause, then you really need to think about your values. And people, everyone has different values. And 
some people want to give to an animal shelter, but they also want to give to, um, you know, a free health clinic and, and that's okay. And I, and I don't want to judge, I don't want to, um, we don't want to kind of pit those, those values against each other. And so that's why there's so many different avenues and, and, and causes that we, we promote. I want to take a music break, and then when we come back, talk about some about the selection process and also mm. talk about uh, what you're talking about right now, the marketing and, mm. and how these nonprofits get their message out there best. Mm. Um, Nick, you brought some music in? Yes, I did. Uh, so this, this first song is um, called Loveless by a local band named Wild Ones. Great. Yeah. was Loveless by Wild Ones. I am Phil Bussey. This is the Nonprofit Hour. I am so pleased to be talking to Nick Johnson from Willamette Week's Give Guide. Uh, let's take a step back mm. and let's talk about the selection process. So Give Guide is, it's become an institution. Correct. Uh, it is now in its 12th year, 12th campaign. Uh, it started, as you said, in 2004, 20 nonprofits received $20,000 and uh, four or five years ago, you guys broke the million-dollar mark. Yeah, I think that was in 2009 or 10. Yeah. And now we're up to $3.1 million last year. And how many nonprofits and how many apply? Mm-hmm. How are they selected? Uh, let's mm-hmm. start there with the process. Yep. So the process starts in May. Um, we... Um, reach out to kind of a growing list of nonprofits that have applied or have reached out to me and said, we'd like to apply. Can you get us on your list? And so that's that's about 700 nonprofits that we can reach directly. We obviously also promote it via social media. And then in June, uh, that whole month, the application process is live. Uh, this year, we received a little under 300 applications. Um, and in the month of July, we um, review those applications uh, and I can come back to how that works. And then we selected 143 nonprofits this year. And that, that application has has a number of elements to it. I mean, you were talking before about mm-hmm. how it has impact. Uh, you really put it on the nonprofits to do mm-hmm. a bit of self-describing. Yeah, correct. And and so there's their mission, their impact. Um, and then also, you know, what is your fundraising strategy going to be? For Give Guide, how are you going to find new donors? How are you going to target donors who are 35 and under? Um, are you going to partner with other 
businesses in town to provide incentives, to match your giving, um, to maybe host a party on your behalf. And then also, we also don't require that this be their only year-end giving campaign. And so a lot of them might use GiveGuide to target younger donors and then um, their other lists to target older recurring donors. And so we ask them to also, you know, map out how they're going to balance, how they're going to walk that balance uh, so that they don't you know, cannibalize donors or they don't get overwhelmed and, and also maybe think about maybe we don't need to do this this year. Maybe we don't have this this worked out just yet. Uh, and so as we select GiveGuide, um, it's mostly a committee of uh, Willamette Week employees, but also uh, someone who works at the Nonprofit Association of Oregon always participates so that we have an outside um, kind of view on things. And we don't have a set rubric for selecting the nonprofits, and we also don't have a set number that we want to pick. Um, one rule, though, the only real set rule is that 30% of the groups year-to-year have to be uh, new as of the prior year because okay. we want to use GiveGuide to introduce people to new nonprofits. And we also don't consider GiveGuide, while it has become an institution, a comprehensive guide to year and giving uh, because you will see that change over every year. Um, and we think that's important so that it doesn't become a stagnant kind of kind of list and that the nonprofits know that they need to keep putting in the same effort year in after year. Uh, m- my selection criteria, and there were nine of us this year, most of these nonprofits have missions that are compelling, and most of them are pretty good at um, promoting their mission, writing about it. Um, the impact question is very, fairly important, like I said earlier, Though that's a fairly, you know, subjective way of evaluating some small groups versus large groups. Uh, but really, even more importantly, how are they going to take advantage of what we have to offer, um, uh, the platform that we're providing um, at the end of the year for giving and all the visibility that will draw to their organization? And um, how they answer that question is really important because it will show if they've thought about it and if they have, you know, if they're going to have the time to really put in uh, to give guide because we accepted 143 and there were almost that many that didn't get in. And we want to make sure that those groups that get in are really taking advantage of it because there's that whole other group that wanted the opportunity and, and this year weren't given it. And so, um, it, it, yeah, go that, ahead. That, that's a really interesting yeah. question though, is how are you going to use Willamette week and how are you going to use Willamette week's yeah. give guide? Because the give guide predates Kickstarter. It predates Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so some of those uh, media platforms that what Lamont Week provides, yeah. people can create their own mm-hmm. campaigns now. Yeah. But so how how do you how do you see mm-hmm. uh, what Willamette Week provides as providing this mm-hmm. additional platform? What what is it that mm-hmm. um, if you were to have to fill out an application, yeah. how would you describe that? Yeah. Uh, I think the as a funny side note, I think the really first crowdfunding thing that happened that kind of showcase the internet as like a crowdfunding tool was Howard Dean's fundraising campaign in 2003. So I think that that like, that's kind of the context where, and so a year later give guide arrived. Um, a lot of our donors, the reason why, um, there is value in give guide is a lot of our donors will visit our site and now on average give to four organizations. And so instead of a donor having to go to four different websites, fill out four different forms, and also credit card transaction fees can really vary um, between them, uh, we provide a, a kind of a one-stop location for people to give to more organizations. So that's a really like concrete uh, reason. And then to the marketing side of it, if you have 143 nonprofits, 
uh, give guide and then however many business partners we have every year promoting this citywide, that's a lot of visibility. That's more visibility than one nonprofit. Most of these nonprofits could ever get by themselves, especially smaller smaller groups that maybe are all volunteer run. Maybe you don't have someone who's seriously dedicated to marketing because marketing is it is an art and a science that I still don't really understand, and we just kind of do the best that we can. Um, and so kind of getting everyone together and promoting the same message and then drawing people to the same site is, is you know, kind of collectively we have more impact than kind of separate. And so that's that's the hope. And every year... Um, thus far, it's really worked out, and as long as that keeps happening, GiveGuide, I think, will be uh, considered kind of like a vital thing in the nonprofit community in Portland. And, and I think what's really interesting and unique and, and uh, strong mm-hmm. about GiveGuide is that this is not, even though there's a selection process, yeah. this is not necessarily Willamette Week saying, all right, here's the 140-plus nonprofits mm-hmm. we recommend. Yeah. Uh, it is really saying we're providing a platform, and you you guys put a lot of uh, emphasis on the nonprofits having to do it themselves. Yeah, there's, you know, there's some requirements that they have to fulfill for us. Uh, They're fairly simple. And then um, in the fall, we actually hold an orientation meeting with everyone uh, where we share best practices of, you know, kind of interesting fundraising techniques or strategies that other nonprofits have used. And then we encourage, and then we have them all in small groups kind of brainstorm ideas, uh, uh, to kind of help introduce the new groups to give guide to uh, existing groups that have participated, um, and maybe they partner together. And really, it's a fundraising is an endless like the strategies is an endless spectrum. And so, what we say to new groups is try to consider doing two or three things really well, but don't overburden yourself with a ton of incentives and events week in and week out. And think about how much you want to post on social media and email. Like, don't. Um, fatigue your donors. Um, maybe just, you know, we, my first year after our first, my first time running give guide, we had all the groups that had done fairly well gather and kind of share with us what they do. And a lot of what they do is actually not say, give, give, give to us week in, out, week in, week out, day in, day out. They say, please visit give guide. We love being a part of give guide. We love being a part of this large group of nonprofits and we hope you consider giving and that kind of buy-in from them um, is makes people feel good and it doesn't make them feel like again there are certain giving strategies that are very heavy-handed and when you think more broadly about this um, it just I guess I'm getting very conceptual right now but um, we're okay with conceptual on this show yeah uh, how do I put this the um, there's a lot to give guide and Again, we want it to be positive and we want it to be exciting, even if some of these groups are addressing very um, direct needs that are very troubling and can be overwhelming. And uh, what we try to demonstrate is um, how lucky we are in Portland to have such a large nonprofit community and the people that work and volunteer and support these nonprofits, how vast that is. And it's kind of scary to think what would happen to the city if these people didn't exist. And so that's really what GiveGuide's promoting. It's look at all these amazing people and what they're doing and look at how lucky we are to have them filling in these gaps to the best degree that they can. Um, and so try to try to harness that side of it when we market GiveGuide. And that's why we give out this award to kind of highlight four people, kind of really put a face to these people who are working at these nonprofits. 
Absolutely. And, and, and I think it really is you guys are helping to articulate what the nonprofit uh, community is in, in Portland or greater Portland area. It, it really is pretty cool, too, that you guys are helping uh, coach and guide and develop a culture of giving. Yeah. And I mean, over over the past few years, have you seen that uh, these nonprofits, these dozens and dozens mm-hmm. of nonprofits that you've worked with mm-hmm. are becoming more sophisticated? Yeah. And, and what's really exciting is, you know, the first year we, you know, nonprofits that we invite to participate in the first year, our kind of message is to them, just get through it, just do it, fulfill your requirements, make sure people know you're in GiveGuide. And then what's exciting to see is the second year when they come back and they fill out their application, how much more they've thought out their strategy. And we found a matching gift for $5,000 and we're going to throw a little event. And it's fun to see those smaller groups grow because most of GiveGuide are not large. We we typically don't include large nonprofits. Um, I, and... So that is that is a total thrill for me to have now seen trends over. We only have data going back five years of giving, like specific data, um, and so it's fun for me to go back to 2010 and see some of these small nonprofits and see how they've really grown their giving. And you know, at some point, if they're not in GiveGuide, I think they'd be okay because they'll have had such a new large donor base that they can go to directly if, if for whatever reason they choose not to participate or they're not accepted. That you know, maybe they've graduated. You know. And um, and there are lots of those nonprofits, and it's fun. I don't know. It's it's it, there's just a real joy on January first when I look at that list and I see where some of these groups started a few years ago, maybe raising a few thousand dollars, and now they're raising twenty thousand dollars. So that is that has to be yeah. really incredibly satisfying. 